I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Hey, Mr. Binks, you know how much I admire all of the service dogs and their handlers for their commitment, their determination, the bond they build with their dogs, and for keeping us safe. Well, that's why we're jumping on Zoom now to talk to Lady Bathurst, who has founded the National Foundation for Retired Service Animals, a much needed charity to help both dogs and horses live a long, happy retirement with their handlers. Lady B, gosh, how honoured am I that you're joining us on A Dog's Life? It's an absolute pleasure to be here, Anna. Thank you very much indeed. Well, what I've just been doing prior to logging on, as it were, is watching your really heart-wrenching promotional video for the NFRSA. Well, thank you. It's, um, you know, we love that video because it introduces the services that we support with the exception of the National Crime Agency, which for obvious reasons uh, we cannot include in the video for security reasons, but it gives a really good sort of widespread view of who we help, but more importantly, why we do it and how it has come about. So it's a really lovely video to watch and uh, and anybody can do a search on NFRSA on the YouTube and uh, and and be able to watch all our videos. There's some also some quite fun ones there too. We had um, a launch back in April at Christie's, which had been delayed from last September because of Her Late Majesty's death. And uh, and that's a fun video to watch. You, you should see that too. Yes, I, I will actually. Let's just backtrack and explain what the NFRSA stands for, how you got involved and why you would like more than anything for this to be your legacy, Lady B. The National Foundation for Retired Service Animals is a charity that I founded along with a bunch of wonderful like-minded people last year but I had the idea in 2016 when I was High Sheriff of Gloucestershire and being a rather doggy person I headed straight for that section you know the dog section and the mounted section and spent a great deal of time with the police dogs learning about the wonderful work that they do but I also learned that when they retire their funding stops and therein lies the problem because when the funding stops, then you, we, any pet owner would think, well, it's okay, I'll go and get insurance. Well, these animals are uninsurable. Unfortunately, insurance companies don't think that it's a fun thing to do to uh, insure an animal that is eight or nine, which is when they, when they normally retire, um, and because of the work they've done. Um, our, our general purpose police dogs, as you know, um, one of the more glamorous jobs they have is to chase after suspects and, uh, and uh, shall we say, um, hold them affectionately by the arm. And uh, so any insurance company is just not happy to insure a dog that is trained to bite people, basically. So therein lies a problem, because when a dog retires, most handlers, because of the amazing relationship that they have formed with the with their animal dogs and horses are different and we'll come to that in a minute 
um you know they've not only have they uh, ha- have they worked with them but they've probably slept with them they've spent 24/7 i mean being the life of a dog handler is not you know, four days on, three days off, it's 24-7, 365 days a year because they have the dogs living with them. But, you know, they're also a family dog. You know, the children have grown up with these dogs. You know, you can imagine little people who've got this wonderful German Shepherd or Malinois or Spaniel or Labrador, whatever dog it may be, um, they've grown up with them. And suddenly, aged eight or nine, the parents have got to break it to the child that they're about to lose their mate uh, because they can't afford the vet's bills in their retirement years. And so I decided that I wanted to do something about this back in 2016. Um, But unfortunately, things in life took over. Uh, My husband was very poorly. Um, I was renovating some houses in the Forest of Dean. And so I was delayed. And it was only in lockdown that I thought, right, now is the chance to really get this going. Um, And then so that's what I did. And working very closely, and this is a wonderful thing, and it's really important to me, uh, with the Association of Retired Police Dogs, um, which, uh, so just to explain, Anna, um, in 18 counties, there are local retired police dog charities. So there's one in Gloucestershire, so they help Gloucestershire, Wiltshire, and Avon and Somerset. Um, There's one down in Devon and Cornwall. There's one up in the West Midlands, um, and they help their local Uh, retired police dogs, so dogs in their constabularies. But there are large parts of the country that don't have that cover, so we fill in those gaps. Um, But it's lovely that we can uh, talk about these local retired police dog charities because we consider them our friends and colleagues. I'm not not in the business of being in competition with other charities. I I, I embrace them and uh, we, we encourage each other and work together, which is really wonderful. And so um, we consider them our colleagues and friends. I think that's so important. And I like that, that, you know, everyone's working together. Mm -hmm. So I think that breaks down so many organisations in in the current sort of world we live in, generally speaking, you know, fractious, you know, um, different voices and all the rest of it. But gosh, what you're doing is, is so amazing. I'm watching the video, you know, I mean, like you, I've loved dogs all my life and been blessed to have grown up with, indeed, one of your favourite breeds, the Cocker Spaniel. Yes. <laughs> yes, my little Maud and my little Gracie. Yes, they are. Uh, they are treasures. They are. They are heavenly little dogs. They are brilliant. And of course, the working variety used for the police, as featured, you know, on the video. But, you know, sniffer dogs, you you can't beat the potential of their noses, you know, to be trained for so many applications that helps us. You know, it helps keep villains off the street and helps detect, you know, arson in fire situations. Even I've read recently that dogs are being trained, Lady B, to find, it's rather grim, but to find cremains. You yes, know, they and, do. Yes, they well, yeah. the, fire, the fire dogs, um, the, uh, the fire, I mean, I mean, just running back what you've been saying there, Anna, I mean, it is um, one of the things that, you know, I love talking about is the work that these animals do, not just about the work of our charity and the hope that people will support us, but the reason why. And I, I am passionate about every single dog and every single role they play but many people don't appreciate what they do because quite naturally and it's it's a very normal and a very human thing to do is to one is not um um one is not aware of many of these dogs because 
their work doesn't touch their lives. And that's completely understandable. And so many people have said to me, gosh, prison dogs, is that a thing? Yes, there's there's 800 of them out there keeping our prison estate safe. And, you know, and they say, well, how does that affect us? And well, it affects us very much because um, prison dogs not only keep the estate safe and security, obviously, but they also have the sniffer dogs, which um, which detect hooch, um, which is the alcohol. Um, they detect drugs, obviously. They detect uh, USB sticks. They detect mobile phones. Now, mobile phones in prisons can be as little as a Bic lighter. And so you can imagine how difficult they would be for the human touch to find. But these dogs can find them. And what I say is, is that if there are mobile phones in prisons, then gangs can still operate on the outside. And that puts our nearest and dearest in danger. So they do keep us, the public, safe, but in a roundabout way. It's exactly the same with the Border Force dogs. People are sort of aware that they may be there, but they don't realise how hard they are working to keep us safe. And anybody who's been through an airport or a port has been kept safe by a Border Force dog. You just don't see them. They're in the background. They're checking the luggage. They're checking for human trafficking. They're checking for drugs and explosives and guns. And I mean, they're just the most extraordinary things. And fire dogs, uh, while they don't help us personally, they save us hundreds of thousands of pounds because if there is a fire and arson is suspected, then if they didn't have fire dogs, they would literally have to take samples from all over the site of that fire, send them off to the lab to be tested. And then they come back, say, we haven't found a result. So they have to take more samples from the fire. And it can cost tens of thousands of pounds per fire. You send a fire dog into um, the site of a fire, the remains of a fire, and they don't obviously send them in when it's still hot. They wait um, until the ashes are cold and they have special boots to protect their feet from any jagged objects, um, they can find the source of a fire if there's been an accelerant um, within 10 minutes. It's extraordinary. I mean, you cannot beat the dogs off faction. I um, worked um, with medical detection dogs, just as a slight segue, but it's the same thing, highlighting how dogs can diagnose cancer, you know, before medics can, because they can smell the volatile compounds on one's breath and and through the sweat. And that's been an amazing organization helping you know using dogs to help human health which yes. of course is also very important but oh no I love it I'm I, you know watching the video I mean it's the training of these dogs I mean I I do dog training and and so on and I know how hard it is and how much work you have to put in and these dogs they have to never fail it's kind of like now or never for these dogs and I know one of the cases on the video, which makes me a bit emotional in talking, a wonderful um, dog handler talking about his great dog, Marlo. Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, as a tornado dog, you know, and they're the sort of dogs, I think, when people say people think of a police dog, they're thinking of the dogs that defend us against riots. They're there. They're looking pretty fierce. You know, they're, they're ready to bite, but they'll only bite the person they're asked to bite because that's all part of the training they won't bite their handler or normally other people but they're doing their job and for them what I love Lady B as well 
is that it's a game for the dogs. It's their job, you know, and they know they're going to be rewarded. This is their positive training. That's very important to remember, Anna, is, is that it is now all positive reinforcement. Uh, so when they're training the dogs throughout the services, there is no, you know, beating. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that sadly in past years that there may have been that, but it's all positive reinforcement. And the dogs, all they want is that ball. That yeah. tennis ball is their raison d'etre, the Kong that the GP or the firearms dogs have. It's their raison d'etre. Um, exactly the same with the prison dogs and the tornado dogs. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but it, the, it, that is their ball. You know, that's their thing. And they, if they do the thing they're asked to do, they get their reward and they get cuddles and yay, you know, everybody claps and how wonderful and clever you are. And it's all in the voice. It's all in the actions. And if they do something wrong, they don't get hit. They just put back in the car and they're not, they're not spoken to. And that's just it. It's literally like they're sent into the corner. Well, you didn't do that very well. Back in the car, you go and we're not going to have a chat for a while and you go and think about yourself. And and then they come out again and they realise they cotton on because dogs are incredibly smart that if they do the thing that they are requested to do, then it's all positive. They get ball cuddles and if they don't, they're back in the car and nobody's going to talk to them. And dogs don't like that. And so, um, and it's and I've seen so many of them being trained over the years mm -hmm. and uh, it's a fascinating thing to... Uh, it's a fascinating thing to um, to see, but but also um, the tornado dogs. And just to explain to your listeners the difference between tornado dogs and GP dogs in prisons, and also GP dogs and the police and firearms. And so GP dogs are you know the everyday. They're the you know looking uh, looking for vulnerable people, finding um, evidence, and and obviously tracking suspects. Firearms dogs are completely different. They support the firearms units, the ARV, the armed response vehicles, and they are the ones who are trained to bite literally the first person they see. Um, and there's no, I, I would, I don't look a firearms dog in the eye. We've got one in in uh, in Gloucestershire called Lola. Uh, she's a Belgian Mali Malinois, and uh, boy, you don't look her in the eye because she <laughs> stares at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's so interesting. You should say that because I'm always saying, you know, watch eye contact. Uh -huh. It's it's the greatest training tool. It's free. Yeah. We've all got it. You know, you yeah. avoid eye contact when you know you don't want to engage the dog or reward the dog, yes. um, and you stare at the dog. You know, when you're working with the dog and playing a great game of tug or something. Yes, no, but sorry to have interrupted. So, so, so going, so going back to, um, to going back to Marlow. Um, who's a tornado dog in the prison service. So you've got the GP dogs in the prison service, and then you've got the tornado dogs that they are basically, they're like, um, they're, they're like uh, a Lola. They, they go in and they are trained to do a, a very aggressive job. Um, and so my dear Mark, who's in the prison service, and he's such a lovely chap, and they do love their dogs. You know, they don't look upon them as tools. They don't look upon them as... Um, you know, just things to work and then discard when they're no longer of use to them. They really do care very deeply for them. And it's heartbreaking um, for them when they lose their animal because they have this extraordinary bond. And 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 hearing Mark, um, you know, fighting to keep his emotions in check when he's talking about losing Marlow um, on, I think it was, he said, a, a rainy car park fall cuddling her in her last moments it just breaks your heart because these are big tough guys who do a big tough job but my goodness they love their dogs and this is why 
we are in existence because we don't want them to have to be parted from their dogs when they retire. We want them to be able to keep them because people say, oh, the NFRSA, do you rehome uh, retired service animals? No, we absolutely do not. That's the thing that we try to avoid the most. Now, so going back to what the NFRSA does, National Foundation for Retired Service Animals, we support retired dogs and horses from the police, fire, border force, uh, prison service, and also the National Crime Agency. And how we do that is because these dogs are uninsurable and because their funding stops, we help with the veterinary and medical needs. So for instance, just yesterday, we had lovely retired prison dog, Maya, who was extremely sick the night before. And her owner emailed me yesterday morning and said, Maya's been terribly ill. Um, we've sent her to the vets. They need to do some blood tests and some uh, x-rays. Um, would that be okay? She's told us how much it was going to cost. And we said, absolutely, get your dog better. And so that's what we will be doing. So we will be covering the cost of those blood tests and x-rays. It turns out that Maya has a stomach and an intestine infection, which has been going around. And her liver's a little bit elevated just because she's nine years old and it's a, a thing with age. So that is what we do. So we allow the owners of these amazing animals to keep them in their families where they belong um, because we then take care of their medical needs as they get older. And we've paid any bill. We've paid a £60 bill and we've paid a £6,500 bill um, and we're glad to do it. Um, we had a retired police dog just when we started. It was August last year, so we were three months old we launched in may last year and uh, a lovely um, police officer rang me from kent and she said um she said i'm in a bit of bother i said oh dear sir what's that she said um keela's been very sick she's had a stomach torsion now for all your doggy oh. listeners a stomach torsion is the equivalent to a colic and horse it's a twisted stomach it can be fatal especially in the larger breeds but she'd managed to save her and i am um, she said you know we took her to have an operation, et cetera. And, uh, and I said, that's that's fine, Keela. Uh, I'm Sam, that's exactly what we're here for. I said, how much did it cost? And there was a slight pause and she said six. And in my naivety, I thought, <laughs> oh, 600, that's fine. I think we've got the coffers for that. And I said, oh, 600. She said, no, six, six and a half thousand pounds. And I said, I did a very good impression of a swan um, or a duck. <laughs> I stayed very calm on top. But underneath, I was paddling like heck. And uh, and I said, that's fine. We can take care of that. Um, but and unfortunately, we are um, we have many, many lovely friends out there who shared an appeal for us online and we raised the money in 24 hours. Well, so, this is the thing to think about, Lady B. Vets are not cheap. So funds are obviously really needed, really needed. And a gastric torsion, gosh, yes, it could happen to anyone. It is it's awful. So many dogs and the bigger breeds. And we are talking that many of these dogs are in that category, you know. Now, I know you've got a calendar coming up. Is that right? We have. We've got a calendar coming up. Lovely Jerry Slade, who is, um, you should look him up. I think he's Jerry Slade Photography or jerryslade.co.uk. Um, he is a wonderful Yorkshire photographer, and he reached out to us uh, when we first launched and said, I'm a photographer, I'd really love to help. Um, and he made a calendar for us last year that was just, it was just beautiful. I mean, we sold out, I think it was in about two months. 
um, and he's doing another one for us this year. Um, and so we very much hope that people will um, will support that and um, and enjoy it. And I think I think they're going to be I think about fifteen pounds, including P and P. I haven't we haven't found out how much they're going to cost yet to print. So, um, but it'll be about then. But more importantly, Anna, um, I'm doing a really crazy thing in three weeks. I am jumping on my e-bike, <laughs> and uh, and I'm going to ride it from Lands End to Johnny Crows. <laughs> I know, age, I've heard about this. I'm age, just age 58, I must be absolutely mental. So Lazy <laughs> B, you know, how is your cycling? I mean... <laughs> it's it's going really well, actually, Anna. I mean, I did um, I did 48 miles the other night and was and could have gone on, oh, I've discovered gel energy shots. They're amazing. They're a game changer. Um, and I, I did 48 miles and I could have gone another two hours, actually, very happily, but... Unfortunately, um, it's rather difficult to cycle in the dark. I'd left it a bit late um, and I went and it actually started getting dark. I had to use my, I've got to get a better torch from a torch for my bike. But so we are jumping on and I've got lots of lovely people uh, coming to join me. I've got the Duchess of York, who is our patron, who is going to be at the um, at the start on the 13th of uh, September. And I've got uh, people like Nick Knowles and Ben Miller and Grace Kennedy and Lisa Maxwell and Dawn Harper and Joe Simpson and John Inverdale and Nikki Johnston um, and David Gower is joining me up in Scotland. So they're all joining me for legs. Um, and then I've got some lovely officers uh, who are joining me from the army and the services that we support. Um, and we are... Um, we're going to have great fun going up the country and uh, we're looking for places to stay because uh, people, um, uh, hotels cost money, sadly. So we are trying to sort of, you know, uh, beg, steal and borrow a couple of beds every night because we're also making a um, documentary. So I've got my lovely cameraman, Tom, with me. Um, and we're also having a camper van, which is going to be our our daily HQ. So the volunteer drivers will be sleeping in that, but I'm going to definitely need a, a long soak and a hot bath every night <laughs> because I'm doing about 70, 75 miles a day. But I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to meeting people. We're going to stop off at um, various services that we support from some, for some visits just to say hello and um, and to say that we're there to support them. And hopefully we'll be meeting some of our colleagues in Lancashire and Cumbria um, and also down in Devon and uh, Cornwall from our from our, our local retired police dog charities because as I say it's important that we work. I always say I don't care who helps the dogs as somebody as long as somebody helps them. And we must talk about police horses too. But um, so yes, we're flying up the country. Well, probably slightly more thoughtfully cycling <laughs> up the country. Um, and uh, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to take three weeks. We arrive. At John in John O'Groats on the second of October. So, if any of your lovely listeners from that part of the world would like to come out and say hello, we'd love to see them. And actually, our the route is on the website. So, if anybody wants to come out and wave and cheer, um, they really would be very welcome because I'm going to need all the encouragement that I can get. But people can go onto our website and uh, and 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 support me by donating. Um, or I think you can you can text Paul to 70450 and I'm just going to have to check that make sure that it's right because otherwise I'm going to get into the most dreadful trouble with my uh, <laughs> committee um and uh just to donate a fiver so it's all 
you know, there's lo loads of ways that you can help. And we are um, just incredibly grateful to all, all the love and support that, that we have uh, received over the last um, uh, over the last uh, uh, um, 15 months, because, um, you know, it's been it's been a wonderful journey, this. And, and it is quite clear that it's very much needed, especially for the services who have absolutely no help at all. And the police horses um, are um you know again need our support now most police horses do retire to the horse trust um but quite a few do go into private hands so we've helped little dave who is pd bowron uh from city police he had to have three teeth out in december so we paid for that bless him um he's he's we're great friends with them and we've got rph woody down in devon and cornwall who is actually going to be i think ridden uh by the duchess of york on the 13th of september which will be lovely for him um, and oh. owner. Oh, that's tremendous. So, I love that. I was <laughs> that was going to be a question. Will any of the police horses be joining you en route? We yes, on our first day. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I, that's super because yes, they you know, the police horses, they play a really important role really in the community. I mean, everyone when one passes by can't help but think, wow, mm, what mm -hmm. a magnificent animal. Yeah, you know, horses are just amazing. And they're, they're just beautiful. As they are beautiful. And just as with dogs, you build a bond with a horse, you know? Yeah, and it yes, is that yeah. that synchronicity between the rider and the horse that yes. you know, works and every horse is different you know yes. having ridden some over the years as well you know I love them I love them and it's, it's so important what you're doing Lady B I oh I just go all the listeners must donate <laughs> oh you're very kind well they say there's plenty of ways that you can donate you can go onto our website which is nfrsa.org.uk uh you can text Paul to 70450 um, or text poor and then you have to leave a gap in five or poor leave a gap 10. You can do anything up to 20 pounds um, to donate um, texting poor and then the number with a gap between. So poor gap five, poor gap 10 to 70450. Um, or you can go to my GoFundMe page and make a little donation towards the bike ride on that. Um, and uh, so, yes, we're just, you know, we're wanting to raise awareness. We're wanting to raise funds. But most important, you know, one of my one of my real things is to one of my favorite things to do is to teach people because these dogs are extraordinary. These horses are extraordinary. And, you know, police horses, it's not just the community engagement. They do, you know, they help to find missing people because in the countryside they can they've got that height um, and they can look further um they obviously do the public events um public order events and uh believe me they do make a difference there i've seen them in action and um and and, and they do help with other police work but also community engagement and i i, I remember i was at a, a rugby match and there was a young man who was had obviously been upset by somebody and he went raging up to these police horses to tell them all about his uh, a complaint and how very put out he was by the whole thing. And he was properly angry, you know, tense shoulders, <laughs> shouting, very angry face. And he got up to the horse and he just, as we all do when we approach an animal, he started stroking its neck um, because he didn't want it, obviously, to think that he was angry with it. He was just angry with the situation. And within three minutes, I watched his shoulders relaxed, his voice went down, he was calm. 
and he was much more measured. And actually, within five minutes, he decided that he'd got angry for absolutely no reason whatsoever and walked off happily to go and get himself another beer. Um, and so this is the effect that these amazing horses have on the public. They they act as a, a karma. Mm. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, and that's what animals do, you know, and I think, you know, we mustn't ever underestimate the power of animals, you know, Mm. to help us be human. But of course, you know, de-stressing us, dogs are known for that as well. And, and, and stress is a contagion. It never ceases to amaze me. I mean, you, you probably remember when Paris, you know, had those awful bombings and there was a, a Malinois called Diesel who was sent in to where they'd located the terrorists and you know he had a bulletproof vest on obviously but you know he took the bullets basically which and there was a massive outcry you know on social media and many some people sort of felt it was distasteful that actually Diesel the dog got more exposure you know at that time but I, I remember talking on the radio about it and saying that you know, he he became a symbol, you know, he became a symbol, almost like a saint for the tragedies that had occurred in Paris. And only a dog can do that. But can you imagine that handler? You see, I know they can hold their nerve, but you see, because people ask me, do you think Diesel knew? And I said, yes, only because I think, you know, a handler, no matter how hard they're trained to hold their nerve, which they are, obviously, police and army and so on, they hold their nerve, unlike someone like me, you know, the dog would have picked up the handler's slight stress. But despite that, Lady B, that dog went in like a tornado, saved the humans behind and got the target. Mm, Mm. So emotional. Yeah, I know. They are extraordinary. They are. And they are so incredibly brave. And people get frustrated because um uh because they are sent into situations of danger but it is what they are trained to do and it is a job that they love to do and they will do anything for their handler and i'm going back to this extraordinary bond that the handlers have with their dogs and which is why i think that it is just with the absolute literally the worst thing to expect them to be parted as one dog handler told me with a grin, he said, they get you out of the doo-doo, he said, but they get you in the doo-doo as well. <laughs> and um, but they but this is, you know, this is what they do. This is this is the job that they do. And for that handler sending in that wonderful dog, knowing that there was going to be an unhappy outcome mm. on whatever on whatever level. Um, they they dogs do it because they love the handler and it's because they would expect that it's what they're expected to do and they are extraordinarily brave, and which is why I'm so passionate that we, as they have protected us in their working lives, and my goodness, have they all done that on so many levels that people would never even begin to understand, and they keep us all safe. I absolutely believe that it is our turn to return the favour and to keep them safe in their twilight years and to make sure that they live a happy and healthy life, but also to support their handlers who have all put their animals in dangerous situations that they wouldn't have wanted them to have been in. And I think it's our way of thanking them as well. 
um, by saying we will absolutely be here for you. And if your dog or horse gets sick in their retirement, then that's when we get the opportunity to say thank you and we take care of that. And I just love that ethos. And it's the ethos that all the local retired police dog charities have as well. And um, and it is why that we are all working together in, in as a common goal. And um, and I I I I just I, I'm I mean I've been passionate about it for years, and I think I always will be. And you know, Annie, you were saying, what does what do you want your legacy to be? Well, I want my legacy to be that the NFRSA. You know, I'd like to think that in a hundred years' time, you know, they might have a tiny little picture of me somewhere on the wall and raise a glass to it um, and just say, you know, this was a good thing that we all did. And you know, and I have to also mention my wonderful management committee and all the volunteers because we have got a wonderful family in the NFRSA. We all work exceptionally hard together and we do it because we love it. Um, we are just about to, and I've been kicking and screaming about this for a month, we are just about to take on a very, very, very part-time admin assistant. And I mean part because I'm so conscious that the money that we are given by the public and by people who put their faith in us, it does not go on admin costs. And I'm forever being teased by my committee because I hate spending money on anything but the dogs. <laughs> so, and I know that we have to, um, and I know that bills have to be paid, but I'm thinking, oh, I hate that because, you know, um, so we are just about to take off on an ad admin lady who I think is going to do about six hours a week just to take a little bit of the pressure off me. But, you know, my wonderful committee, all the volunteers, you know, I've got, you know, I just, well, I can't name them all because there's so many of them, but the team who are helping me do this bike ride have been fantastic. And, you know, and, and the, uh, and the two vets who are on our grants panel, along with Rich, who's our dog handler, he's on a management committee, you know, they give their time for free. Um, and I couldn't do this without them and we couldn't help these dogs without them. So I'm always very, very conscious of how much they put into it and all those lovely people out there who are um, who are helping us financially. And, you know, I mean, and also, Anna, I, I'd love, you know, I'd love more people to raise money for us. And so if any of your lovely listeners felt like having a little coffee morning or, a, um, you know, a little sort of you know, dinner or something. It doesn't have to be massive because it all comes together and it all conglomerates beautifully. But if anybody would like to have a fundraising event for us to help these extraordinary dogs and horses who have given us so much in their lifetime, then we would absolutely love that. And uh, there are details on the website as to how people can get involved. You know, it's not just your money, it's your passion that I want. And I'm passionate about this, we all are. And I hope that, that some of that passion will come through and uh, fill your wonderful listeners of your podcast, and um, and they can get involved and adopt us as their as their go to charity. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they will. I mean, Lady B, your passion, you know, is is amazing, and it just comes through and it's so right and and correct that I love it as well it's wonderful to feel this way about animals and I think yeah. you know more people need to respect how much they contribute just as pets as well but of course animals that put their life really on the line and they are loved by their families and again this is why I want to help them and make, I want to be able to make sure that the animals will stay with their families I mean if you remember if you think and I say this and I've said this on the video um, you know, a police dog could be chasing a suspect at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but by 7.30, he's on he's on the sofa with the kids watching cars, you know. Yeah. And 
Um, and they are very much a part of family life. You know, they are deeply loved. These are not just tools. And people say, oh, it's just a dog. Well, that really does have me um, elevate, uh, practicing ele um, elevation. But they are amazing, amazing animals. But they're so devoted to their families. And uh, Lola, um, I said to uh, her handler, I said, what's going to happen to Lola when she retires? Because um, she is one fierce dog. And he said, oh, she's staying with us. The wife's delighted. I said, oh, my goodness. I said, yours is going to be the safest house in Gloucestershire. I won't, <laughs> I won't be coming around for coffee. I can tell you that now. <laughs> but but they but they are they are devoted and 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 I'm devoted to them. And, you know, and, and a big and, you know, I just want to sort of mention the the handlers and all the, the sections in the, the, across the five services that we support, you know, their work, their efforts, their training, their devotion to their animals, their devotion to the job they do is, is just extraordinary. It's, it's inspiring. And, you know, I'd like to, if any of them are listening, I hope that they know how much that they really are appreciated by the public and, um, and that long may that continue. And, you know, let's put our, let's put our passion, um, and our money where our mouths and support the NFRSA, get behind it and make sure that these amazing animals are look, looked after for the, after the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Well, I second that um, 110%. And you're absolutely right. Dog handlers and their dogs, they're, they're, everyone can take inspiration from them. Because I always say the more time you spend with your dog, the more boundaries you push, the mm. teamwork you build, mm. that creates the bond that leaves, that breaks your heart. Yes, yes, your heart will be broken. But, you know, to be healed again by another dog until your heart becomes the heart of a dog. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we are, we are all, you know, this is a nation of animal lovers. And, you know, and I've had such a, you know, a lovely response to the NFRSA. And, you know, people have been extraordinarily kind, because they really get, you know, when, when, um when I explain to people about the work that these amazing animals do, they just go, wow, I never knew that. I mean, you know, the fire dogs, it's not just the fire dogs, but the USAR, the Urban Search and Rescue you know, finding survivors in earthquakes, they go all over the world and they could be saving any one of our friends or loved ones who've been in an unfortunate situation, collapse building, uh, they go in to find survivors. I mean, they were all um, working at the um, the dreadful tragedy of Grenfell Towers. And that was a hard job, a really hard, heartbreaking, emotionally draining job. And those dogs went in there and they got they did that job and so did their handlers. And that just goes to illustrate how extraordinary they are. And I keep on using their word, but they are absolutely extraordinary. Um, well, yes, I'm devoted to every single one of them. And I'm so looking forward to meeting them as I go up the country and, you know, visiting a prison. We're visiting police dogs are visiting horses. Oh, it's I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. So if anybody is you know, in the mood, come out and wave and say hi. We've got purple shirts on and, and we'll be coming through a town near you, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Coming soon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lady B, thank you. Thank you. And I really wish you every success. Keep the muscles tuned for all of the cycling. And I hope the training goes well running into it. It's not long now. So thank you. And what would be amazing is if you'd come back and talk about all the trials and tribulations and the fun that you had on the way. 
I will. I'll count. I'll tell you warts and all. I'll tell you how many times I sat on the road and cried and said, why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait. So um, I hope you'll be back. Oh, well, thank you, Anna, so much. I've loved talking to you. And uh, and to say, you know, if your if your lovely listeners would look up the nfrsa.org.uk, um, it would be absolutely amazing. And um, and I look forward to coming back and talking to you about it and and telling you more tales and um, more trials and tribulations, but also successes. And, you know, there's so many lovely stories um, of dogs that we've helped, you know, like little Molly. Um, who's the three-legged dog and she had some pinched nerves and so we sorted her out with a pair of wheels and it's just you know it's just been it's a lovely it's a lovely lovely happy happy thing Um, and helping dogs and horses of course is you know what we all want to do. It certainly is so it certainly is so thank you again and all the links will be in the show notes. Oh you're very very kind that's very kind thank you and um, that would be lovely thank you. Thank you. That's our show, Mr. Pinks. What did you think? Yes, I know. It's amazing that these amazing service animals don't have support in their retirement. And you're right. It is time for Woof of the Week. (coughs) Unfortunately, I think we take service dogs and horses for granted in our society, yet they play such a pivotal role in keeping our communities safe. That's why I urge everyone, please donate to the NFP. RSA. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, go on, rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcast. Thanks again, of course, to Lady B for joining us today. And all the links to donate are in the show notes. Thanks, of course, to Mike Hansen for all the music and production as ever. And find out more about him at Pod People UK. Find out more about me at Anna Web Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, you're right. We will be back in your feed next Sunday. So go on, subscribe. It's free. And that way you'll never miss another show. Bye for now.